0: It is time, obviously, to get stuck into uh, a little bit of football. Um, the uh, Premier League season gets underway, obviously, this Saturday. Um, and joining me now, two regular voices um, on this station. And I'm very pleased that they've uh, decided to, uh, to to come and join this particular show. They could join any show, these lads, you know what I mean? But they've decided to come and join us, especially on this uh, Monday afternoon. Um, first of all... Dave, how are you, pal? I'm very good, thanks. Uh, Dave, obviously, as you know, Dave Downing from the uh, Everton Blue Room. Um, we're going to be discussing all things Everton over the next few hours or so. Uh, from the Anfield Wrap, Neil Atkinson's here just getting
1: himself in. I've done this before, don't worry, I can do entire shows. stood <laughs> up, Adam. It's he, absolutely perfectly straightforward you, this meet. You
2: wouldn't believe what goes on in this studio. That's what you got to do, time. Adam. You've got to be flexible,
1: you've yeah. got to be lithe. For a man of 34 there, you should see what I've just done, ladies and gentlemen. It involves a lot of pelvic action, uh, but, you know, we'll keep moving forward. It was very rock and roll, that mate. The way that you, won. Do, the way that you limboed into that seat, it's and spectacular <laughs> stuff.
2: Uh, he, he literally has done it. What, what was it? A couple of hours show we did on a transfer deadline day. He had to stand up holding because the, the entire entire his microphone,
1: microphones here. You know, you, it's your first day, Adam. Yeah, yeah. Everything breaks. Is it, these are the things that I've got to learn. Isn't <laughs> it? Everything I breaks. I thought
0: that the, this is the this is what it's at. You know what I oh, mean? They've looked after us today. I've been having water bring, to, brought to me in the studio all this
3: time. Well, so, just, sorry,
2: honestly, you've been given the big sell, haven't you? Is, you've yeah. come in, you thought everything's brand new. All the computers are updated and yeah. all that. None of that. I can't believe you've got actual water. Yeah. I don't is. have to bring me home. Do, do, uh,
3: we'll,
1: we'll we'll get that sorted for you boys, because obviously uh, we've got a lot to talk about. There's suddenly I'm not budget used to this. There's suddenly budget Dave. <laughs> <laughs> there appears to be budget all of a sudden. But it was gonna happen at some point. How are you settling in? Yeah.
0: It's been all right. We've had uh, we've had all sorts going on uh, today. Obviously, Pete's been on the show earlier on talking about all things silver black, and then obviously we've been speaking about various things in the world of football, tramia. And now you lads, this is where it's at, you see. I've been billing this as the this is the big piece the resistance of the show. This is the cherry on top of the cake. This
1: particular next look Looking at me like with frightened eyes, thinking, "Are you being serious, man? Uh, are you being serious?" <laughs> uh, yeah, let's. I mean, we can get it. Should we get stuck in? Yeah, uh, should but... we get should we get stuck in a controversial manner? You could do whatever you want. Well, mate. Let's get stuck in. We'll get stuck in the controversial. I've manner.
0: been warned, by the way. Steve Pobossall yeah. earlier on. He said, "Listen,
1: these two lads, right? They're going to have you. They're going to have you for dinner because they like to have a little bit of a scrap." Yeah.
3: From
1: <laughs> Well, this is, I, and you know, I think long-term listeners to this show will know I'm not disrespectful about Everton. I work very really hard not to be disrespectful about Everton. Dave, can you explain to me? Uh, can you explain to me the Evertonian mindset? Let's get philosophical and psychological. The Evertonian mindset, where Duncan Ferguson's testimonial ends up being against Villarreal, like. What What's that process gone through? Everton's biggest disappointment in the last 10 years. <laughs> and they picked that for the testimonial game to celebrate Ferguson's career. It really, honestly, it's been baffling me. And as I say, I'm not Who being would you have picked? Who would you have picked? Rangers. Up? Obviously, yeah. Rangers. Why, why isn't it Rangers? If not Rangers, maybe Newcastle. He played for them as well. Yeah.
2: How on earth has it ended up being Villarreal, Dave Downey? That's an excellent question, Neil, and uh, I didn't expect you to open the show with this, to be honest with you. And I, I know another thing you'll learn, Adam, as well, yeah. is uh, I'm extremely self-critical on my own team. Oh, yeah, you are, you are, you are. Will be, uh, a lot of people call it negativity, and they do get on no my case about it, but I, I try to be as honest as possible. Well, I'll try, I'll
0: try and keep you um, a little bit chirper because nothing's happened, yeah? The season's not kicked off Well, up, yeah? So yeah, I'll try and I keep I, you up there.
2: Nothing's going to happen, and that's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Villarreal first. I think it's... Uh, Evertonians like a good bit of vengeance, don't they? It, this is it. It's like you've gone for. What's the best thing we can commemorate? I know. Fume. Let's well, remember how furious we were. Exactly ten years. I'm not sure if it was to the day. It it's might not very have been. Close. It, it must be very close because this qualifier would take place at this week in the year. So. Yeah. Um, that's the only reason I can think and lo and behold we lost both of those games 2-1 we lost that one 2-1 as well
1: But well, there's, the, there's an issue there's a constant issue it's something that hopefully Liverpool are going to address this season that Liverpool Football Club finds itself too easily too willfully nostalgic all the time loves bathing in the past and all this sort of stuff but I'm sure there's, you, know, you can make the snide uh, chuckle from a Liverpool point of view that Liverpool went completely OTT, and I I think it is completely OTT, commemorating Istanbul. You should always think about what's going to come next. Yet somehow, I haven't managed to go OTT commemorating going out in the the Champions League qualifier to Villarreal. And I was just thinking this weekend when this was going on, it it didn't even occur to me until someone went,
2: why Villarreal? And why Villarreal? He's starting with the daggers out, isn't he? <laughs> he's <laughs> he's gone it. It. He's he's for it. It's not early. normally like this, you know, it's because there's a third party, is know, it 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 He's normally dead nice. I am normally dead
1: nice, but no, we've had this conversation, but, but I think it's, it's the issue with both clubs, is both clubs can find them, well, the issue with Liverpool is Liverpool can find themselves mired in the past too mm. so easily. It was happening too much at the end of last season. There was the Gerrard's road show as the season concludes towards yeah. the last ever game. There was the, the there's then the feeling of, you know, there was the hangover from the previous season at the start of the season. There was the reality of, 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 of dreams, not not, not coming to fruition, and then everyone begins to remember the past with a sepia glow and five minutes, uh, six minutes of madness, and all this sort of nonsense. And that's what Liverpool have got to get rid of this season. That's I'm coming in, I'm sitting down early, and I'm saying we can't look backwards, we cannot look backwards at any stage. It's a fresh start, isn't it? It's
2: Great. mainly for both clubs. It's a fresh start for both clubs, then it's a, it is quite reflective of what the situation is in Everton, to be honest with you, because we've well, had we've had we've had two seasons at the end of. You know, each spectrum really. We've had a fantastic initial first season with Roberto Martinez coming in and everything looking like, you know, the the sort of dreary sort of football we were playing under Moyes towards the end of his tenure. We all thought that was gone. um, And by and large, it is what it's been replaced by. We didn't quite find out the full story about that until the end of the season, just gone. Um, In terms of mentality, that's still a a big, big issue because I, I harped on about it all last season and it's taken me about. Eight minutes of this season well done. You're to, in. to talk about the, uh, the the dismantlement in Kiev uh, that sort of again wrote home to a lot of Evertonians. I think that there's, a, there's still a, a mentality that really does need to change in the whole. Thing, in, what, in what way? In fashion, from,
0: from board? Are you talking about management? Or are you talking about the lads on the pitch?
2: Everywhere, to be honest with you, because it, it, it sort of stems from I think um, what sort of was allowed to fester from the mid-90s onwards, Um, the reason Moyes was such a success was because he he managed to manipulate that sort of mentality to make it seem as if these small victories and and when Everton punch above the weight finishing 5th, 6th in the Premier League, he was able to come along and, and make that seem like a success. Now, I'm not saying it wasn't a success for what Everton had at the disposal. It was a fantastic success in, in many ways, but I think there's only so many ways you can polish that. There's only so many ways you can feed that to fans. Yeah. And and when you consistently raise the bar, the bar then becomes the standard. And there was there was a there was always a ceiling. There was always a caveat to whatever we did in the transfer market, whatever we did, league performance wise, cup wise. Um. And when Martinez come along, that seemed to be a, a complete shedding of that skin. Uh, initially, we, We'd we attack games. We'd look as if we'd go out to win every single football match. And 13-14 was one of the best seasons I've ever had, doesn't yeah. it, Tony? I mean, I'm 27 years of age. I seldom know success um, in terms of trophies, which is sad enough to say. But seeing him come along was yeah. like a breath of fresh air. Well, the football that you were playing was
0: fantastic. People like Seamus yeah. Coleman, who uh, wasn't really doing much on the mm. Moise, he looked like a world-beater at, at,
2: at times in that season. Yeah, he completely transformed the way we played and, and he recognised that th- these talents that Moyes brought on okay we, we knew how good they were as players but they were never allowed to express themselves yeah. in that way Ross Barkley is probably the case in point how good he was in his first season under Martinez where if you compare that to the time under Moyes he was getting loaned out yeah. there wasn't really much faith put in because Moyes was as we've discussed many times Neil was a very much a percentage manager he didn't like to take risks and no I am totally agree he'd, he'd admit himself to putting Ross Barkley in at such a tender age, you know, was a big risk, whereas Martinez was of the attitude that, well, you're not going to get the best out of him unless you blood him in this side, unless you allow him to make those mistakes. And he he may, I mean, there were some god-awful games in 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 Martinez's first season for Ross Barkley, but for for all of those, you you look at some of the the pieces of magic he come up with, you know, it was was great to see in the end. And then to bring it full circle last season was um, sort of, you know, the 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 Jekyll and Hyde sort of effect on on the side there was a lot of teams found us out. In, well, in, that's in, it. I was going to say, is yeah. it a
0: case of other teams thinking, right? We know how they're playing now, and there isn't a plan B, mm. so they know how to stop it, uh, stop you from doing what you're doing.
2: Yeah, the the the, the plan B thing. It, it, I mean, it, it, it's an argument often levelled was often levelled at Liverpool as well at certain stages, yeah. wasn't it, Neil? Um, about not having a plan B, but. Uh, it was the, the the manager's sort of stubbornness, I think, that was his undoing last season. He refused to change. We played Southampton away just off the top of my head. We got beat 3-0. And he didn't put a substitute on. Mm. Um, and in his post-match comments, he come out and said that the players on the pitch that finished the game were the only ones capable of turning it around. Now, that to me... Is a, is a massive yeah. uh, massive error in terms of what you're what you're telling the press about your own players yeah yeah and and the, the great irony in that is martinez has often been criticized for not being critical of his own side that was quite scathing at the time um and we sort of it's a spell mid march i think where we won 6 out of 7 something like that which ultimately dragged us away from the relegation zone and I think he's he's back to level par, if you want to use a golf analogy with, with Martinez, he, he got fantastic credit for the first season, last season become really, really teetered on the edge of, of, of diabolical, I mean, we had 28 points after 28 games.
1: But and stop moving forward, cool. Dave. And I think you, when you talk about this stuff psychologically, a lot of what you're driving at is <coughs> that Everton 13, 14, they come in, they start to remember the past. I've just criticised Liverpool for it, but Everton are a top six side. Mm. Said it over and over again, they're one of the biggest clubs in the country, and they should walk that walk a bit more. And they don't walk that walk enough. But they did under the Martinez, mm. and there's, there's stories of, the, of, of trophy-winning sides from the 80s being, yeah, yeah, pictures of that being put back up, back at a back at Finch Farm and at the ground, like get on this. Cause this is who we are. This is what we're about. But football clubs, as we've said before, are like sharks. They've got to keep moving forward or they die. Yeah. And last season, Everton... Just because they'd stopped moving forward, the transfer business just consolidated the loan business from the previous summer and all that sort of stuff. They just stopped moving forward, and that's the concern looking from the outside about this window is yes, there's two players who've come in, but you've got there's got to be a, a process of renewal at Everton. There's a, there's a season and a half s renewal to catch up on already mm-hmm. here before we go any further. And you're looking at this and you're going, Well, you know, cleverly, I think he's a good player, I think he'll do well at Everton. Um, De La was even part of well, he's part of the 13 14 side exactly. again, it's more, it's more doing stuff. To stand still, and this is where Dave, you know, from where I am, you know, there's a walk that needs to be walked walks from Everton. They're one of the top six sides in the country. The you know, you look at the trophy hall, you look at the support base, you look at the size of the grounds, the the history, the drama, the Evertonness of the entire enterprise. Do it then. It's time to do it. And I think that 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 would be what would frustrate me as an Evertonian. And and I think that's what at times I think frustrated the team last season was that they'd all started looking at each other going, well, when when does the next thing happen? But that's why I think the refusal well, to sell stones is a good thing. Well, that's what we'll
2: absolutely do. right. Really no, well, what we'll do,
0: we'll you can, you will answer that next, as to why they aren't doing that and how, how much of a defining season this is, not only for Everton, but I think, in fact, for Liverpool as well, mm. especially the both, uh, both of the men at the helm of picking those sides on a day-to-day basis. you listen to City Talk 105.9. My name's Adam Catterall. It's a brand-new show. Uh, the boys are here from Anfield Rap in the uh, Blue Room, and we'll be getting stuck back into more debate on the uh, upcoming games that are, uh, we're anticipating this Saturday next.
3: This is on
0: City Talk. City Talk 105.9. Good afternoon, brand new show for City Talk. My name's Adam Catterall, it's 22 minutes past 5 o'clock on your Monday afternoon. Joining me in the studio, Neil Atkinson from the Anfield Rap and Dave Downing from the Everton Blue Room. Uh, we are obviously talking about um, the upcoming Premier League season. We've been right in there. You sh- you, basically, you sh- fired shots straight away, didn't you there, Neil? You went straight in, no messing about, you've had a go at him. However, one of the valuable uh, and valid questions that you left that conversation with just before the break was, of course, why? Why have Everton not got themselves in a situation where they feel, and their fans feel, that the season coming up is going to be a little bit more positive. Even Martinez this morning, after the uh, testimonial uh, yesterday, has said, still need a striker, still need a number 10, still need a centre-half. There's six days to go before the start of the season.
2: <laughs> well, we're used to this because there's never been uh, forward planning and Everton. It's a, it's a taboo subject. It doesn't exist um, as far as I've known as, as a supporter. Because uh, and, and people, the, the, the people who will argue that point up point to Lukaku and when Martinez first came to the club. I think he, he got his lads from Wigan in straight away mm. uh, as early transfers. He got early transfers this season as well in Dale Laffey and Tom Cleverly. But in terms of long-term planning, um, the, there's there's nothing there in place for that. Um, you know, for all of us and I speak probably for each and every Evertonian we see at the end of each season where we're lacking um, particularly at the end of the season just gone which is why there's the been quite so much uproar this summer we've seen where places need strength and I mean, Aruna Kone you could probably talk about him all day long um, in, in a negative sense uh, is, is Everton's second striker uh, that that to me means if Lukaku's fit then we're in a hell of a lot of trouble mm. um, the, the players you mentioned the they're, they're players who Martinez has identified now Um, it's my understanding that the the big TV payment money goes in this week or today or this weekend. Um, So I'd expect movement shortly, but when you find yourself, as you rightly say, six days out from the start of a Premier League season and you're still looking at Aruna Kone as your second striker, having just finished 11th in the Premier League, added to the fact that every single team around you, we were talking about it in the break, Crystal Palace, Stoke, Swansea have all added to their squads. Then that sort of pedestal that Everton are on, in, in in that sort of bracket that's six to eight in the Premier League, quickly quickly is back down to earth with a that's, bump. That's
1: the, the funny thing for me is Everton are sort of in a similar. Man United still need a centre half. Man United still needs a centre forward. Yeah, but
2: the the thing is, nearly can go out and buy one tomorrow. They can and they can't. Who are they getting? I mean, literally, though, they can literally... You mean they've got the money to go yeah, exactly. if someone comes available.
1: Yeah. But I think I think there's loads of sides who are going into this season because it's starting a bit earlier. Uh, there's a, a number of sides who are a little bit undercooked. I think what's difficult for Everton is you mentioned Stoke, you mentioned Crystal Palace, you mentioned Swansea there. These lads, these sides, they appear to have got themselves in order a little better than Everton. But, you know, you can go up and down the whole division. There's some sides who, as I say, you know, United are still looking for me, like two starters yeah. minimum away from being ready. Uh, Chelsea are literally trying to buy John well, Stoke.
0: But you're talking you're talking about a situation of being ready maybe to challenge for the league. Yeah, oh yeah. I think I think the side that Manchester United have at this moment in time will probably be thereabouts thereabouts in top four. Yeah, would you agree with that? Yeah, they'll, they'll be
1: in, in competition. But, but we're talking about a totally different um, uh, um, achievement process at Everton. We are and we aren't. I think what's really important and it's something which I'll say all the time: be prepared to look stupid. Everyone should try and win the league. Everton should try and win the league. Of course, well, every every side should do the exact exactly, same thing. Exactly, so I think that off the basis of that, yeah, Everton aren't ready. Yes, they've still got to, They've still got to pick, pick, pick players up. But I think it's important to sort of to 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 stick up for them a little bit here. I think that there's certain clubs who find themselves in positions in the market where it's quite difficult. Like United wants to sign Ramos, they wanted a world class centre back. They can't get one. Now they think that Manchester United, we've got all the money in the world, we're the biggest club in the world in terms yep. of in terms of supporter based revenues, all that sort of stuff. But they've got themselves into a funny position in the market. The very best go to Real, Barca, yep. to a Munich. But Everton are in a funny, similar position, I think. But what the you
0: difference... were saying before, what you were saying before regarding those other sides, that Everton shouldn't even be mentioned in the bracket of a Crystal Palace or a Swansea and people like that. But they now are doing.
1: But those type of guys are doing the business, and that's why I think it's funny for Everton in the market because Everton should be mm. getting players from. A, from a better place than than Crystal Palace, than yeah. Stoke, than Swansea. And this is where I think they end up sort of falling between stools. Who do you get? Who do you get if you're having the same way that if you're Manchester United, you're thinking, well, we should be getting the players like Bayern, Munich, Barcelona, etc. again. Mm. Everton should be looking at it going, we should be going for the sort of players who Spurs and Liverpool are getting. Yeah. But sometimes, whilst you do that, things happen under your nose, like yeah. Crystal Palace and Stoke doing this. Like United, I think there's every chance by the time we get to the th- and this isn't just because he's a Liverpool player, but there's every chance that we get to the 31st of April. There'll be people at Manchester United thinking, kicking ourselves we didn't get tacky at 32 million mm. and i'm not saying that's because he's a liverpool player yeah, what i'm yeah. saying is that the sides around you can move faster because you're trying to be more ambitious with your targets
2: that's right but there's more sides in in sort of our swimming pool if you like than there are in in the man united one i mean for instance you've just mentioned there that they're struggling to sign the center half how much does it cost the side to go out and trump man united liverpool are trying to do it in, in in the money that you've spent this summer but there's not that many sides everton yeah. find themselves ahead of a, of a cluster who can arguably say, well, I'm gone. we've got just as good... I mean, look at West Ham. You, you, you look at the ambition these sides have got, mm. which is, that's the most concerning thing for me. I agree with you, I agree with you. It, it, it's total lack of ambition um, from from Everton's point of view so far I mean we've sat here on transfer deadline day before and the the night we signed McCarthy Lukaku and um, Gareth Barry was a complete shock (laughs) an hour to go I'm sitting there ready to jump off this tower (laughs) and uh, we went and signed those three last minute and and everything Is there
1: anything in the
2: McCarthy to go links? I don't think so I think he's just desperate for a new contract which again is another issue I mean we hand out three year deals to 33 year olds like Gareth Barry but you know probably one of our biggest assets James McCarthy can't get one for love nor money What's going on?
0: When you're talking about transfers, boys, you're speaking to a man from Blackburn, right? <laughs> we have a transfer embargo. A bar bit of strike
2: force than Everton. Well, well we've <laughs> got what? Well, we just
0: got rid of what? One. One's gone to Villa. Gested's gone to Villa. Then obviously Jordan Rhodes is uh, probably on his way, maybe to
1: Middlesbrough. We've got first up. See
0: Middlesbrough, Middlesbrough
2: have outspent us.
1: Yeah, Middlesbrough. Have. They're, they're obviously. Yeah.
0: They, I
2: it's think
1: it's mad, mad. Middlesbrough. It's mad that Downing's gone there. I quietly love it. I think it's phenomenal. Yeah. My two favourite transfers of the summer are Downing to Middlesbrough and Tervez to Boca. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, brilliant. lads. You've gone. You know what? I've had enough boys. I can't be bothered. Yeah, let's, uh, let's, I'll go home and uh, I'll really enjoy myself. I'll really enjoy my football. Uh, I think Tevez de Boca Juniors is a glorious transfer. Scored yeah. again last night. Uh, you're listening to City Talk
0: 105.9. Uh, my name is Adam Catterall. It is a brand new show, a um, brand new drive time show. Uh, weekdays here between the hours of 3 o'clock, 3 till 7 o'clock. There's plenty of things, of, of course, of which we will be touching upon throughout the course uh, of the weeks here on City Talk. One of which on Mondays. We're going to be speaking to Neil like, from the Anfield Wrap. Obviously we've got the Anfield Wrap itself which will be uh, on the show a little later on in the week and obviously Dave Downing uh, here from the Everton Blue Room. These boys go at it, Amor and Amarantong. I was warned about them earlier on by Steve Hathasol that these lads do not pull any punches, they get stuck straight into it uh, and, and let's, let's be honest, we've been on 34 minutes with these two ch- gentlemen and they've been going at it, Amor and Song, regarding uh, the transfer policies uh, from their respective clubs uh, in the close season. We're going to have to obviously talk about what's been going on at Anfield because there's a few quid been spent. Uh, Good business, bad business. First of all, where are you at on the Raheem Sterling thing?
1: Oh, I'm not bothered. Uh, all the best, hope it does well. He's a good player, really good player, um, so hopefully he'll, he'll, he'll crack on.
0: And what about the rest of uh, the transfers that have obviously come into the side? Would you like to have seen alternate business done? The pen's gone down on the desk, right? This is going to get this is going to get aggressive. <laughs> Here Liverpool, we go, mate.
1: Liverpool have bought goals, and all the way through last season, I was saying you've got to buy goals. They didn't buy goals the, the season before. They spent £25 million on goals. This summer now, whether the right goals or the wrong goals, the policy's correct. They've spent £75 million pounds on goals, which means I can finally shut up about buying goals. It's done Uh, that brought four forwards in now um, across this, Firmino 29 million Benteke at 32, Ings will end up being around 7 and uh, Origi was spent the previous summer but now he's joined up with the club so that's now £75 million worth of lads whose raise on Detra is getting the ball, getting the round thing and putting it into the rectangular thing which Liverpool didn't have anywhere near enough of last season and and literally it's called a goal because that's the goal of the enterprise and that's now where Liverpool are, that's why I'm pleased to say about the business, I probably wouldn't have bought Benteke, I certainly wouldn't have bought things, but that doesn't matter. In that, it's the idea of what these lads can actually do now that's much more important. It's not about yeah. sort of, it's, it's about it's about a policy. It was never about individuals. It was about the idea that Liverpool's transfer. The first thing any Liverpool transfer budget every single summer should do is they should all sit around and they should go right. Have we got enough goals? And if you haven't, that's the first thing you address more than anything else because it's that which which will make the difference. And certainly, whilst you've got Brendan Rodgers as Liverpool manager, you need to ensure. He can get midfields working. He can get you to the final third. But that's where you need magic. And there's certain things in football that you can't coach. And one of those things is the lads who are just simply able to put the ball in the back of the net, who have the movement to know when to stay and when to go. I'm excited by Benteke now, even though I probably wouldn't have gone for him myself. Though I do think he could well have been the best centre-forward Liverpool could get for that sort of money, yeah. for where the club is at the minute, for, for its pr- procedures and all that sort does of it, stuff. Does it mean that they have to change the way that they go about playing? Absolutely not. Um, I think that, any, if you look anyway last season, Liverpool were... were Very, very good at getting the ball into the the final third. And then it's, it's simply what you're going to do from those wide areas. And Liverpool, you know, sides try to stop Liverpool playing through the middle and they want them to go wide. But going wide doesn't mean slinging crosses into the box you look at Jordan Ibe, how many times in pre-season have you seen Jordan Ibe, get to the byline get to the byline inside the penalty area and then he's looking up, and what Benteke is good at, is he's good at stepping and then pulling back it's this idea of a low cross, a cross low down pulled back towards someone's feet and that's what that's where I think you're, I mean that's what a lot of Manchester City's goals, you think about that City side that wins the league in 13-14 with James Milner playing, the number of goals it scores from lads looking up inside the penalty area to find a striker like Dzeko, who's just come off, just bought Himself a yard. This isn't, you know, there's some sort of lazy thing going around at this. You know, the, the notion of slinging the cross into mm-hmm. the box, forget that. But there's something else as well, which I think is massive in terms of the goal thing. Liverpool now, as well, they should be more of a threat from set pieces. And the number of Liverpool's goals 13, 14, he scored first, uh, the first goal in a number of games came from a set piece. Yeah. The set-pieces matter, so Benteke again carrying that threat, center alves carry that threat, good delivery, and you saw in the pre-season friendly at Helsinki, thoughts about set-pieces, there was a lot of cleverness around what Liverpool were doing on the pitch. And I think all, all in... I'm buoyed. I think that now there's not the excuse. You spent the money on the goals. Last season you didn't and it's, it's, it was negligent, frankly. It was negligent to sell Luis Suarez and only replace him with £25 million worth yeah, of forwards. This season though, Liverpool have gone. Have clearly gone, that's the problem. This is our solution and now you get to see whether or not it's a solution but at least, at least, they've seen what the problem was and they've not tried to dance around it or say "Oh, we'll get, we'll get midfielders in who will add five and all that nonsense. I don't want midfielders who add five. I want lads who wear number nine and score 40. That's what you want that's yeah, absolutely. what football is. And, that's that. and number nines dictate the way in which your team play. And Liverpool can now play a front three of Firmino, Benteke and Sturridge. And that's good enough, not just to beat anyone in the bottom 15 of this league, but to take them to the cleaners. And that you've got to have that in your back pocket. You've got to have sides turn up to Anfield, terrified. You've got to have sides coming to Anfield thinking, you know what, we take just getting beat 2-0. With
0: what you just said there with that front what i well, I've got two questions on that. First of all is, does... How, would, how does Daniel Sturridge deal with not being the what we would class as the main man, the main number nine? And secondly, um, out of that front three, where does Coutinho fit into your plans? Coutinho's not a forward, he's a midfielder.
1: Okay, so. He so plays w- in midfield. Okay, so you're playing a three in there, are you playing a four in there? I'd play, play, play four. Um, then some combination of Milner, Henderson and Coutinho at least to start the season, those three and then I'll be playing three forwards I think the early the early away games for Liverpool you might compromise on the three forwards you might just go with two forwards when you're going away at Arsenal Got this Liverpool's hardest eight away games are the first eight mm. so when you're going away at Arsenal going away at Man United, going away at Spurs going away to Everton, you might compromise and play one more but most of the time I want to see Liverpool line up with four lads who are defenders three lads who are midfielders and Coutinho is one of them and three lads who are forwards that's what you do and that's how you make that work Storage You've got to wear it. I mean, you know, you can't effectively lose a season and think you come back in and you're able to. You've got to go and prove it again. But how how is that a negative for Liverpool? Daniel Sturridge has got something to prove. Great, he's wonderful, he's magical. I, I love him and would marry him. Um, <laughs> there's no better sight in football than Daniel Sturridge doing the arms. So the only way in which he gets himself back to back back thought of as the, as the main <clears> man, <throat> do the arms, Daniel. There's only one way you're going to get to do them, and that's put the ball in the back of the net, goals. If you've got Brendan Rodgers as manager, listen. If you had Gerard Houllier as manager, or you had a you had a more negative manager then you think well we're going to look to be tight we're going to look to do all this sort of stuff but what's Rodgers good at getting sides playing getting lads confidence, riding a wave of momentum of good players and keeping them going forward he's had two th- I'd argue almost three very good runs whilst being Liverpool manager mm-hmm. One of which last season as well One of which was last season Exactly He can ride a wave So get him the players Get him the momentum Get him the quality And get lads in the You know And I think that for instance You get a proper number nine You get more out of everyone else Who's playing around there Because they've got a focal point They've got someone who's demanding the ball And if they don't get it They're going to tell you what they think I'm
0: Adam Catwell. This is a brand new show. Hope you're enjoying it so far. A lot of positive tweets coming our way, so thank you very much for that. Much appreciated. I'm joining the studio with Neil Atkinson from Anfield Rap uh, and Dave Downing, obviously, from the Everton Blue Room, discussing all things Liverpool and Everton. We've just been uh, in in proper, full-on discussion as to Liverpool's transfer policy uh, this uh, close season. Uh, Neil, you seem quite happy with what you're saying. Apart from spending 70-odd million on the goals, then, uh, what about the other acquisitions like for example have they
1: sorted out the goalkeeper position um i wouldn't bother there's no point uh, just make sure you've got goal scorers <laughs> genuinely i mean this is now that that's done we can begin to worry about these things but the goalkeeper has a real wobble he, but he did enough to deserve another go so, you know, and you got bogged in, he's best than Brad Jones, not least because he jumps the right way when people have shots. Um, though, obviously, is What's hair. that like? Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> should see it. <laughs> like. you should, I haven't seen that. You should, honestly, he doesn't just fall over as well and try to kick things for no doesn't reason. He? No,
2: no, it's going to be, it, it'll be mad when you see these lads. Doesn't he go the wrong way and hope the striker miss hit it in his direction? He doesn't that, do, that's what ours does. He doesn't do that either. Um, he did yesterday as well. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I saw it. It, it, it wrecked
1: me head and I, because I, I just thought about you, to be honest with you, you know, <laughs> I just thought, I just thought oh, Dave's going to be in bits.
2: So, he's taking 45 minutes. Uh,
1: <laughs> taking 45 minutes before we get on to Tim. Yeah, no. So Bog- Bogdan's better than Jones, um, as I say, but but I am as well. Um, what about the defensive acquisitions, especially in fullback
0: situations? Mm-hmm. Are you impressed with Joe Gomez? Because there were rumours that he were going to go straight back out. Yeah,
1: it's he's looking gorgeous. like he's going to stay now. Yeah, he, he's, he's gorgeous. New stones him. Yeah, he's, he's got lovely. I think I, I'm, I actually had a conversation with him before. So I said, do you think he'll be playing centre half before the end of the season? Will he get a run of games in the Premier League at centre half for Liverpool? And I think he will. I think he looks. It's it's the sheer ease with which he's coming and done this. He had a slightly rocky half an hour against Helsinki there. I think. Um, but uh, it was the fact that he recovered from it, mm. and then a forty minutes either side of half time where he was—he was just the business. Um, I think you can only be pleased with him. He's going to make mistakes. He's going to get targeted I mean, if he starts at Stoke, Jonathan Walters is going to have him in a headlock after ten. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's going to be brutal. But you know, he's, uh, that, that's fine. Uh, it, it's got to happen at some point And I think you give him the chance and you give him the run because he's just taken to it with such ease. And it's like he's—you know—it is like you know its like he has been playing Liverpool mm. for five years. He's not got 30 first team appearances. No. Um, you know, it's crazy stuff. But he looks the business and. The, Liverpool have gone out and they've got him. What I like about the fact that they've they've bought him in is that he's clearly a first team footballer even now he looks like a first team footballer imagine what he looked like in six months I mean thing on this is there's no point buying oh, these is he? lads. he's only young kid he's 18-19 there's no point buying these lads if you, they're not going to get games you know I, too many times in recent years Liverpool have spent money on, on lads centre backs especially defenders who either just get in the way of academy project, uh, prospects or just come in and you know they get five games here and there and they never get a run Yeah. Gomez has already got more of a run than, than say Sebastian Quattas ever managed, yeah. more of a run than ever managed more of a run than Elori ever managed more of a run sense. Than maybe even Mikeo ever managed. They brought this lad in, but they've spent on him. So if you spend on these boys, you've got to find a way to play them. He's playing. It's really ple. I'm really pleased and I'm really glad he hasn't gone out on loan. Uh, Klein the other side looks like a real no-nonsense fullback. He just looks like a fullback. And I think this is this is Liverpool uh, tactically dead interesting all of a sudden, not least because I do think that they're going to go with the three of Milner, Henderson, and Coutinho uh in centre midfield. None of them is a natural holder. And in fact, I'd go further, they're all quite interchangeable to a certain extent. Even Coutinho loves to battle, loves to scrap, loves to go and put his foot in. It's interesting, this, because we've spent, I'd say, 10, 15 years now of football with someone saying, one's got to hold... Yeah. one's got to be an attacking midfielder yeah, yeah, yeah. and the other one does the bits and pieces Well, Liverpool aren't doing that but all, which is quite quite 1980s you know the idea that you've got lads do everything multifunctional but the fullbacks I get the impression certainly for these first tough away games they're going to just be defending so you've got these three lads who are interchanging but I, you actually heard on the coverage of the Helsinki game someone from the Liverpool bench screaming at Gomez to stay behind the ball all of modern football says your fullback gets beyond, your fullback overlaps, your fullback's constantly attacking, and yet he was being told stay behind the ball. And I think certainly with Gomez, and to a certain extent with Klein, Liverpool the first sort of six, seven, eight games, they're gonna be looking for steady. Yeah. And four behind the ball, you've got these lads in midfield all and you've got three up front, as long as the three stay up front. What you've got to do therefore is you, you, you three, work it out between yourselves, who goes, who stays, who plays, who looks to sit. But it does it, it it's all right because pretty much there's a line of four behind you and that'll help with whoever's playing centre half. And I think it's I think this is where Liverpool it's a mad season. If you said to me right now Liverpool will be sixth at Christmas, I go, all oh, right. right. Yeah, all right. If you said to me Liverpool would be first at Christmas, I wouldn't be laughing me off and saying it's ridiculous. I think this Liverpool side with these players, they're, they're capable of anything, and I mean that in terms of both a negative as well as a positive, they're capable of anything. It could be eighth at Christmas, and it still wouldn't be that surprised. Yeah, yeah. Because and, and the same with this manager. There's loads and all that. The big thing is, everyone's got to back themselves.
2: If it's eighth at Christmas, is the manager still there?
3: Uh, yeah,
1: he's probably, he's probably under huge pressure and, and probably would have to be looking at, looking at moving on. Yeah. But this is where this is why he's got to go... At, if the manager's going to... Yeah. If it's not going to work He's got to go out fighting He's got to go out scrapping And Liverpool have got to play Front foot football Look to play and, play and play And play And play And not be scared of themselves Which is what happened last season And it happened to the manager as well Everyone became scared Of their own shadow Tried to sit tight Keep games tight at home All this stuff Just go and play some football lads You're all good players You've got an excellent coach Who gets the best out of footballers Technically Go and do that That's now the job And that's the job now For the first You know Yet the tough these away games But go and Go and ruffle some feathers Go and get them in amongst them And go and score some goals Do you think With the Stephen Gerrard thing at the end of last
0: season, with him no longer being there and the talisman and the person that they would necessarily always go to once they are in the mire and go, yeah, Stephen will pull us out of it. With him no longer being there, does this now give those players that are picked that opportunity to say, listen, right, you're not being babysat,
1: get on with yourself and figure it out. It's, It's noticeable that the run of 12 games that Liverpool actually go on in the middle of last season is when Gerrard's out. When Gerrard's out injured, as when part, people had to step up, yeah, people had to step up. A lot of Henderson's best games came without Gerard around. I expect you to see that this season. But also, in that run of twelve games where Liverpool, you know, for instance, Gerard played the Merseyside derby, and good lord, he was frustrating to watch. It was quite sad he couldn't. Dave will tell you he couldn't get around the mm. pitch. He was playing in quite an attacking and role, and he was just, you know, and I'm saying this, I'm a big lad, I'm not fit enough, but he was just a split second away from being exactly where he needed to be all the time, and a split and a split second in football is everything. Yeah, and if you're trying to press in football and someone's a split second out that it knocks on. Everybody, and it means like the way in which you all press. It's less effective, and you could see that with Steve at times last season. And it was it was it was frustrating, and it was after the derby I said to you, you know, mm. we've got to not play him as much as we can now. It's it's going to be hard, and and why it was right, he's gone at the right time. Whether by accident or design, he's really gone at the right time, and now it's time for these lads. Yeah, not to look back. It's time for them all to be looking at one another in the dressing room and going, "You're going to score us the goals. You're going to you're going to go past people for us. You're going to create and create and create." Me and me and me and uh, James Milner, here, if you're Jordan Henderson. We're going to do sensible stuff in midfield and show for the ball and be available and attack and look to close people down and show our physicality there's no hiding place no one's got a hiding place now at Liverpool. There's not a single hiding place. There's no port in a storm. You've just got to go out and go and do this. Mm. And I think that that's and this is what I mean when I say it could go either way. If Liverpool can, you know, can, can, if they can win the first two and never as an opening game, I think being bigger in my lifetime really. They, is it
0: more so because of what happened at the back of, of the season? Of course it season. is. That's
1: exactly why. It's exactly why. If you go, you get the three points. You slay that. You get that. That's gone then. And everyone will feel, yeah, we've done that. That's out the way. And that that's massive. The monkeys off the back. Yeah, exactly. That they did that to us, but we've gone there and certainly. Th- they don't have to play well. Don't get me wrong. I can, th- you know, Liverpool's good seasons in oh eight, oh nine, and thirteen, fourteen. The first three, four games, Liverpool are dreadful. But to get the points on the board in both of those, not dreadful, but they're not great. They don't have to be brilliant. But if they are, if they have half an hour of playing good football and it tells, and they get 2-0 up and they win the game, then I think you are turning around there and you are going right. That's <clears> done. This is improved. This is different. This is fresh. Now it's Bournemouth at home. Beat Bournemouth at home. This yeah. is what we should be doing. We do that, and then we go to Arsenal, and then you are able to go to Arsenal and think. Doesn't matter. We go and play our football. We're not, we're not worried about... You know, if they beat us, they beat us. We could go there and try to put 10 behind the ball and they could still beat us because they're really good. But if we go there and we go toe-to-toe with them and we get something, whether it's a point or three points, then you're able to turn around and go, it's seven from nine, it's nine from yeah, nine. Yeah. What can we do? Uh, Dave you asked Neil uh, a couple of minutes ago regarding
0: the management situation (laughs) if it is 8th at Christmas uh, then what is the situation and he obviously answered that honestly that we'd have to maybe have a look a bit uh, the the club will probably look at that and start to review it Um, what is the situation with Roberto Martinez's um, position at Everton what is a realistic position that Everton should be finishing in and if it is below are you going to be looking to be changing because
2: this is what his third season Yeah, it's third year, uh, we're starting now. Um, Yeah, it's an excellent question. I think initially, um, you know, you look at those fixtures, first ten games are really, really tough. Play the top eight in the first ten. As you alluded to in in, in, in the break before, that that might not be a bad thing to get these games out the way, to play these bigger sides. We've got quite a few of them at home as well, which can't be a bad thing, um, regardless of times that you play them. I, I think that he needs to sustain... A minimum of a mid-table effort approaching Christmas to to keep any any sort of notion that he he's going to keep his job because I think uh, it got volatile at Goodison towards the end of last season it really did, um, it, it, there was a lot of discontent. This summer won't have done anything to help that. I don't think um, you know the additions of two players, albeit quite exciting. I mean, I'm not Tom Cle- Tom Cleverley's biggest fan. I'm. I'm one of Gerard De Lappe. I think he's a fantastic signing if we can keep him fit. Funnily enough, he's out of the first game <laughs> as we heard in the news. Yeah. So that's not the greatest of starts. <laughs> but um, I. Th- I think that he. He will be walking a tightrope. But the funny thing about Everton is, and it'll always be a caveat to any sort of managerial decision: is can you afford to let him go in yep. terms of the contract that he's on? How long's he on for? Yeah, I think he's got another four years. He's wow. signed. Wow, uh, five. It was it a five-year deal at the start of last season? Uh, or it might be four with three left. Anyway, it's a substantial amount of time that he's got left. Uh, and who do you replace him with? Yeah. Uh, and and they're big financial questions. They always will be. The sad thing is that I don't think there are many footballing questions for Everton to answer because they don't have the finances to answer them. Um, so I think he he'll be given more leeway than any other manager probably would be, simply for the fact that who's you replacing with, and can you afford to let him go uh, from a financial perspective? Uh, in terms of uh, an outlook, an overall general outlook on the season. Um I won't surprise you to know, Neil. I'm I'm Quite pessimistic.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Looking at you, it You said this before that it's this first ten games, isn't it? That's yeah. the problem. They're playing, they're playing yeah. all last season's top eight yeah. in the first, <clears> 10 <throat> and that's something. You know, because momentum. This is the very thing I'm talking about. Momentum's mm. massive in football. I'm, I'm fast beginning to think that, like you know, football managers are like chancellors of the exchequer. In that there's 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 so many external factors that weigh down on them. They're really quick to claim yeah. the credit when it all goes brilliantly, and they're really really yeah. quick to, to 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 blame those external factors when it doesn't. But. I do think that one of the, a good chance that the exchequer and a good football manager is able to ride momentum. You have good underlying circumstances and when it begins to go well, you, you, you ride this wave and I think Martinez, it's going to be difficult for him to get a wave to ride because of the external factor, the way the fixtures have come.
2: Well, the, the underlying thing is how stubborn he become last season and how, how sort of really, really cautious... Wasn't he stubborn in the derby. In the derby. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. And the Gareth Barry issue... Um, surely we'll, cleverly solves that. We'll, I was thinking about that. Well, it will, really, said again. It will. And I, really? still, think, I still think he'll persist with Gareth Baddy. Surely, really
1: surely he's got to go McCarthy cleverly, Barkley. Oh. Surely. And he's got Bessic Mouchin.
2: Yeah, well, that's the thing. I, I, th- I think Bessage would be his long-term national He as you played, played
1: Barry at centre-half in <clears throat> pre-season games? I've got to be honest. Yeah, me. I
2: think he has slotted in a couple of times. Really? Because
1: it wouldn't surprise me if you see Gareth Barry at centre-half. Particularly
2: when we've only got two genuine centre-halves of, of first-team quality at the moment as well. That, that's another big issue, as, as, as you've got written down there, Adam. We need a centre-half in desperately. Um, I'm making this sound more and more like a relegation scrap already, aren't I? But I don't think it'll be that, that, that severe because I, I do think we'll do some business before the window closes. The 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 issue with me, the manager, is is an issue in itself, and it's funny, you you know, your your analogy with politics there, because that's what very much it's been this summer with Everton. Um, You know, fans have been at loggerheads with each other in in terms of what their feelings are towards the board, Um, which is which has helped Martinez in a way, I think, because the discontent that was shown at him and labelled at him towards the end of the season is almost. You know, took a backseat to all of this, and and now it's. I think when the football resumes next week, I think that's when he'll be under closer scrutiny. And I just really hope he's got the answers that we were all asking at the end of last season because his persistence with with some of the players, his selections. Um, you know, you've got. He, he, he cried all season at how good our youngsters were and how he was going to blood them at the start of last season. I think you can count on one hand how many games the likes of Tyus Brown and got the likes of uh, Galloway who featured in the but last. People couple start of playing seasons. with fear and picking teams with That's fear. That's right. You, I mean, you, you once said to me and it stuck with me. You you once said that when when people are backed into a corner, they pick what they know and they back the horse that they trust. And that was Gareth Barry. Effect, you know, you know, it really was. Um, and, but he let the side down too many times. The, the goalkeeper again is a massive issue. And he, he, I can't believe he's still there. I can't believe he's not being place now it's
1: mad. Especially well, when you
2: see what's going. You know, Marshall. I think he's just signed for West Brom for yeah. four million. Go and get him. Scottish goalkeeper. Not seen him drop a clanger at all. Watched Tim Howard yesterday. I, I think he's beaten uh, mentality straight away.
0: This continues. Obviously, after the news, do stick with us. We've got an hour left with these lads. Uh, do stick around. You're listening to uh, City Talk 105.9 More next. This is
3: Adam Cattrall on City Talk.
0: Uh, Welcome back to uh, City Talk 105.9. It is seven minutes past six o'clock on your Monday evening. This is a brand new show. Hopefully you're enjoying it. Thank you very much for joining us. Um, Joining me in the studio, Neil Atkinson from Anfield Rap and Dave Downing uh, from the Everton Blue Room. Uh, it has been fiery, to say the least, over the last hour or so. Um, I'm getting, um, obviously, used to these gentlemen's personalities. A lot of optimism from the red side of this room. Uh, A lot of pessimism from the uh, blue side. It was forever thus.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I thought he was saying that after an hour. (laughs) Quick question for you. Dave Obviously you've
0: alluded to um, Various things Regarding the transfers And the season coming up We just talked about Tim Howard and your thought processes uh, On the goalkeeping situation uh, Everton I've got a question for you Right mm-hmm. What happens if Lukaku gets injured? It's apocalypse,
2: it's four horsemen riding past and mate. When that's because happens. who is there? There's so, a yeah. Well, yeah, that's that, that's uh, that's the main bugbear that I've got aside from the goalkeeping issue, which has been a long standing sort of issue that I've had. Uh, the, the striking issue and options is uh, you know, it's it's sparse to say the least, isn't it? That who we've got, I mean, his faith in Cone knows no bounds, I'm afraid. And um, you know, you, you look at the lad last season and you think at times you look and you think well you know he can do a job he, he should be able to do a job I mean he was signed for six million pounds um, when Martin has first joined the club he's had horrific injury problems there's no, no escaping that and, and you know but that, that by no means shouldn't be an excuse to how poor he generally has been I mean people will say he's had fits and starts in pre-season games he's looked half decent at times problem is um, you know, you, you look at it on the face of, on, on the face of it, I think he, has, he scored one Premier League goal in two years, Evan. Um, Duncan Ferguson could have matched that coming on for seven minutes the other day, and he's 43 with arthritis. So, you
1: it's know. Naismith, isn't it, though?
2: well if get, if, um, if, if, Naismith's if, if another... If Naismith's a bit of an enigma for me now, Neil, I think. I think he's he's become a, a square peg in a round hole again, whereas the start of last season you looked and you thought, you know, this lad's our hope of scoring goals, and that's but but Was he
0: an out-and-out out centre forward, or
1: was he playing
2: off?
1: No, the centre he, forward? he's more comfortable
2: off. I mean, yeah. I, I, I think he's a, he's a, he's he's more a very off. clever player. But again, it's Martinez fell into the trap of tr- trying each and every natural second striker that we have. Potentially, he plays them on the left wing at some mm. point because we have not got a left-sided, uh, a left-sided player who is competent. Uh, and, and that was a long-running theme last season. He put Barkley there for God knows how many games. That didn't work at all. Um, the injury to I and there is another problem in itself as well Stephen Peanard is still a big big player for Everton and he's 33 and you know he, he the, the lad's made a glass and that's an insult to glass um, as a, a few of the others like Darren Gibson and I could go on but with him with him not having that left sided player he was forced to throw Naismith out, Naismith out there he was forced to throw Barkley out there obviously tried and tested Osman and uh, that sort of was a bit of a deterrent for was actually playing. Morales is second. already
1: Mariles is there though, isn't he? And again, one of the answers to who plays up front. Morales. Well, Morales he's, like he's, he's not going anywhere.
2: Well, this is the thing though, no, Neil. You, you, there's there's not enough games for me where you see these lads show you enough to say, well, if Lukaku does get injured, one of these can step up. Mm-hmm. And and that that's a massive massive issue in my opinion. I mean, you've got young Conor McAleny there who's, again, another one who's really struggled with injuries. You know, the a great quiz question. He's he's actually older than Lukaku, this lad, and I think he's played a handful of games for the first team, but, you know, they've persisted with him, mm. which is fair enough. You know, you, you, when you have to put that sort of faith in youngsters you, if they've had these injuries. Barkley himself had one, a leg-breaker early on in his career, and, you know, people persisted with him. I'd like to see him get his chance, but to go into a Premier League season with, with Kone, who's, I think he's 33 himself now, as your only other viable option. I mean, Lukaku is still a bit of a doubt. He didn't play in the testimonial. Uh, Martinez has come out today and, and, and said he's fit. I think that might be a little bit of propaganda. Whether he is or whether he isn't remains to be seen. If he's not, uh, Perez, the thought that it's Kone starting up front on his own. Yeah, I, you can but tell. like you say, the, the answers are there, And I get what you get. Uh, I get what you're saying. I mean, you, you could put Naismith there. You could put Morales there. You're asking a lot of players to get up and support them. Then, mm. whereas what Adams alluding to, I, th- I think with Lukaku is, he- he's he's a one man machine on his own. Um, you know, you you don't necessarily have to worry about supporting him. Supporting him should be a priority. But he can do a lot on his own. He's a very versatile striker, mm. as we've spoken about in the past. It's a specialist position, isn't it? As, as yeah.
0: you've been discussing before about goals. It, it, a centre-forward is a specialist position, and therefore putting those square pegs in round holes, as you were saying mm. before, doesn't necessarily work for that team going forward. You were, you alluded to before, the other side about them staying stationary. You've but got what, to, obviously, get boys in
1: that can get those goals. But one of the issues with, I think, the way, the way both um, Rodgers in, in this pre-season in the past and Martinez employ... What the user's sort of 4-3-3? What they call 4-3-3 is the speed with which it becomes 4-5-1, and you end up with, with this one lad up front who's, who's going where's, where's me support where yeah. my mates? And uh, this is where this is one of my one of my concerns for Liverpool going into the new season. And it was a problem for Everton last season. You just end up with this one lad. <laughs> Everyone else, the lads who are playing wide, got choke on the boots. No one joins him from midfield, and he's, he's just standing there. And if it's Lukaku, then yes, yeah, sometimes he can, you know, he can he, he can get you something from 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 nowhere. But he shouldn't have to. Mm. And I think that this is where again. I said it before about Rodgers and you know looking outside from Everton the one thing I'd like to see Everton do um, and it's tough with the run of games that they've got but back yourselves be the attacking manager that Martinez was I mean I remember the best Merseyside derby in the last 15 years is that 3-3 at Goodison in uh, October 2013 what a game of football that is Fantastic, yeah. and everyone, everyone remembers Liverpool make it 3-3 but Liverpool make it 3-3 they get denied a penalty that looks clear cut uh, there's a goal disallowed they have another chance and after, after the, I think the goal's disallowed Everton get the ball some Liverpool players are celebrating and Everton tried to go up the other end and make it 4-3. And the point was, neither manager went, we'll take 3-3. Liverpool don't look at Goodison Park and go, yeah, that yeah, draws yeah. a decent result. <laughs> and Martinez doesn't go, we were behind in this game, got back in front. He doesn't at no point, both managers last season, if that game even has a hint of playing out like that, and it doesn't. Because Why though? Why has it changed? Because they're, because they're scared. Because you start to you start to manage yeah. with fear, you don't want to lose, yeah. you don't want to get beat, you don't want you don't want the pressure of yeah. that result. Whereas at that point, both of those managers in, tw- in that that part of twenty thirteen, brand new, yeah. The, Rogers has done a season. Uh, Martinez is brand new, and they've both got this freedom about their football and what it is that they're trying to do. And they've got belief yeah. in the players, and it's all going right the way through the club. Whereas now the players are scared because they've had a few bad results. They're scared about this. They're scared about this. The players aren't playing with that freedom. The managers aren't coaching them with that freedom. It's the most important thing if you, if. You You've got Roberto Martinez. You've got to let him be Roberto Martinez yeah, yeah. and not a David Moyes tribute act.
2: Do, do you know what, what's funny about those derby games that he's mentioned there? It, you can probably use them as a measuring stick in terms of where both managers have been in their journeys with both respective clubs because you, you look at that 3-3 and It was caution to the wind, it was everything you wanted it to be, it was everything I wanted it to be as a blue. Uh, you know, we got before nil at Anfield, and I come out the next night and wrote a piece how I wasn't actually that bothered because we went and tried to win the game at Anfield, which we haven't done in 16 years. <laughs> um, and, and you know, you look at that compared to the nil nil last season at Goodison towards the end of last season, yeah. Um, we had one shot on target, which was in the 89th minute. Uh, Liverpool. Yep. arguably the better side in the game but it was a very tactical It was a terrible of, game of football It was, it was, it was, it was a guerrilla warfare at times um, even though both sides still got the ball down and passed it, it was very very surreal wasn't it actually, yeah, it was so as surreal. a game for two sides who pass the ball and play such nice football at times, to see them go head to head and not want to inflict that sort of game on each other it was, was quite weird and you can sort of definitely measure Martin as his time at Everton in, in, in those stakes because you look at his initial approach to that 3-all Let's just go for it, lads. But uh, the, the 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 big word that I used last season, and I was forever mentioning it, was Everton had an arrogance about them. There was arrogance back in what Everton did as a football club. Every everything it felt rejuvenated when Martinez first came in. It was. The approach to every single game I think he go and win it Genuinely, I know it's a bit of a cliche But we went and won at, at Old Trafford you know, won, won The first yeah. time in 24 years the, that's and Baddest Arsenal at Goodison Yeah, baddest Arsenal at Goodison And there was still remnants of that last season We did it to Man United um, we, we Man United towards the end of last season 3-0 And, and, and I'd like to believe and, and I still do believe That Martinez still has that in him I think he needs to go back to the drawing board In terms of his stubbornness uh, When things aren't going his way Formation-wise, I'd love to see us try, and I'm getting a bit technical now, I'd love to see us try a diamond formation because it allows our full-backs to do what they always used to do under Moyes, which is why they're so effective under Moyes, is get past them, feel yep. the midfield, choke on the boots, like you're saying, Neil, in support up to Lukaku. Lukaku looks isolated at times. He's that good of a player that he will drop deep, he'll get frustrated... And he'll try and get himself involved in the game to his detriment because when he does get involved Mm -hmm. deeper, there's nobody ahead of him to receive the ball and he almost becomes like a sixth midfielder. Um, So... That diamond formation I think sort of Sorts of that out for you because you've got a narrow midfield Which we, we've got I know we've got Dale La who can play wide now But predominantly we've got narrow, um, a narrow midfield when If you pick the first choice And then them full-backs and can, get, can bomb on past them with pace as well I mean, Because Baines is nippy Coleman's lightning quick And, and, um, and
1: they're both good technical footballers yeah, love, love to receive the ball
2: Exactly. The other point I'd like to make as well is Last season we played Newcastle Beat them 3-0 at home and it was the first game, I think I'm right in saying, when we tried two up front, obviously the other one being Kone. Kone didn't have a great game at all. He, he, he was, by and large, very poor. But the effect it had for Lukaku having somebody alongside him was fantastic. It was, I, I was sat in a top balcony, had a fantastic view of it. The freedom it gave Lukaku simply because the other centre-half was occupied, mm. even without the ball. It left Lukaku in one-on-one situations, and and he's really good at that. If you get give him the ball with his back to goal, yeah. he turns. He's fantastic. He's quicker than anyone gives him credit for. A bit like Benteke in, in, in that regard, Neil. And he just didn't. You don't see it enough, which is why no one really says it. He wants
1: to play on the shoulder.
2: He does. He and wants
1: to play on the shoulder.
2: He, he get the home leg against Kiev. He was he was fantastic in the second half doing that, um, and having a strike partner. And it was just a body. It was Kone next to him. anyone with competence next to him you know you think this could actually so, make Yeah I'd I'd like to I'd like to see that I really would next season but you know that that'll be a measure of Martin as whether he's got that adaptability that pragmatism in his management
0: I'm going to move you away from uh, both your uh, loves, obviously Liverpool and Everton in a minute, and they go on a little bit of a wider scale of the Premier League in general. Uh, we'll get stuck into uh, your predictions. I don't know if you are predictive men or whether you are betting men, <laughs> uh, but we're going to go down <clears> the <throat> route of uh, Premier League winners, cup winners, people who are going to get relegated, top scorers, and obviously those surprise packages. We're going to do it next. This is City Talk 105.9 with Adam Cattrall. City Talk 105.9. Uh, Good evening, 23 minutes past 6 o'clock, it is City Talk, Uh, I'm Adam Catterall and I'm joined in the studio by uh, Neil Atkinson from uh, the Anfield Wrap and obviously Dave Downing uh, from Everton Blue Room. Um, These boys are now going to go a little bit further away from Liverpool and talk about the Premier League on a wider scale. Obviously it gets underway on uh, Saturday, I'm quite excited about the season, mainly because of the competitiveness at the uh, top and the bottom uh, this season that's coming. Uh, We'll start with Premier League winners, fellas. Um, Neil we'll go with you Liverpool end of yep I like the loyalty, mate.
1: It's not loyalty. It's uh, Liverpool can win the league. Uh, it's uh, Liverpool really can win the league again. It's down <clears> to start. Liverpool can also come seventh, but I think you've got to you've got to wear on that side in terms of let's just go and do it. I think for Liverpool it's 38 cup finals, and I think it's clean as anything. And I, and I get the impression that sort of mentality is abounding around the club. It's you've got to go and do this 38 times, and just you know keep going. Uh, Liverpool are capable of beating anybody on the day, and all they need to do is focus
2: down and have their day happen more often. I like it. Where are you at? Wouldn't it, wouldn't it be lovely if we were in a city where I could just say Everton? Wouldn't it be lovely? <laughs> wouldn't it be absolutely fantastic? Do you know what? Side story, I went on about this story last season a little bit, but I interviewed Ned, Neville Southall a couple of years ago, uh, head of a Merseyside derby, and I think Everton were languishing in and 16, usual slow start to a season, and I asked him, what should Everton be targeting? And he said, win the league. And I sort of chuckled a little bit, and then he went, why are you laughing? I said, well, we haven't really got a realistic chance to win the league, but why, why are we playing? Why, why are we in it? That's all school mentality, that's a man who... Yeah, that's the mentality that's needed. Uh, exactly, exactly, and I, I sort of felt ashamed that I laughed at that uh, at the time, and, and since I've always sort of held it up as that's what sh- should be a mentality, a winning mentality at a football club, uh, I don't think Everton have got that. But anyway, getting back to what you asked, uh, I think Chelsea, and I think they'll win it by a stretch again this year, well, I say again, I think they'll win it by more points, I don't <laughs> see. I think Liverpool are too unknown... I, I think I absolutely agree with Neil. They could do anything from winning it to finishing eighth. That's the unknown quantity this season. Uh, Chelsea, I think, are the only side that look like... The, I mean, they haven't had the Falcao, it, not it, this summer? Mm. But you look at City, I don't think they've strengthened. They've got rid of Dzeko, I think, which was a bit of a,
1: it looks like it's bit of a mistake. For yeah, it's just, but they're in a really good position where, again, I was saying before, we're in a situation where I think all of United... Uh, possibly Chelsea if they shift Remy, uh, mm. City and Arsenal would buy a centre forward, mm. which is mad. That the season starts in four, yeah. four, or five days. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think they're all in that boat. Uh, on it, I actually, I think whoever wins it, I think it's going to be really tight. I think you're going to have to throw blankets over them. A couple Please of reasons up. why. Yeah, I think it's going to be, it's going to be like a couple of years ago where last season the points totals for the top sides dropped, but normally year in year out it goes up, but it always drops in a World Cup year or a European champ, well, in a World Cup year, not a European Championship year. So I think that it'll go up, but I think you've got Liverpool are trying to build themselves to be able to beat the bottom 13. Arsenal have been doing that for years. So I think you can think that the three or four of these sides, maybe even mm. five of them, might all break 75 points. And then there's only a finite number of points available. So I think you'll be able to throw a blanket over them. Cup winners? Where have you gone? Either, uh, either cup, doesn't matter. Um, I, League Cup, um, Chelsea or Everton. Uh, FA Cup, Stoke or Everton. Uh, I think Martinez is going to target a cup. I think he's going to realise that that's the thing that's going to... That, 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 I mean, that's that's the... It shouldn't be the limit of his ambition. And I was saying in part one, it shouldn't be the limit of his but ambition. ambition. But it's a realistic ambition. But I also think that all you need to do is, you know, you get through two rounds, the League Cup, and you, you know, you're mm-hmm. almost home and hosed. Yeah. Um, get a nice draw, so on and so forth. But I think also, um, I think that the extent to which... Uh, Nothing will get momentum for Everton this season like a cup run. Mm. And I think that Martinez needs some momentum. He needs to get people enjoying going to watch football I think that's the first thing that you need to do you need to have everyone being able to get behind something and I think that Everton can really get behind that this mm. year Dave have you got some optimism come
2: on yeah, yeah I've actually I, I think we'll go far in the League Cup I'll back us to win that because uh, in his first two seasons we've gone out in the first well the second round as it is with the first round for Premier League Clubs to Fulham and Swansea last season um, we've had a dreadful record in the League Cup Senior Trophy, British trophy we haven't won domestically um, so I, I think he will target that and again it's a momentum thing like you say I think it could well inspired some better form in the league if we, if we go on that and you, you won a trophy by March uh, and you're back in Europe so it, f- it's forever been a sort of a contentious issue amongst Blues that we haven't targeted that more seriously I think he will go for it this season FA Cup have gone Man City because I think they'll have a bit of a flop. I think it'll be Pellegrini's last season. and mm. It'll be what Matt, uh, Mancini did. He won the FA Cup and then got sacked. The
1: other thing to say as well is that if, the, if it's a competitive race for the top four, top five, you know, then what that means is those sides will focus on that yeah, race. And absolutely. also, they've all got European commitments. You know, mm. Chelsea, Chelsea have got a European Cup. Mourinho needs to win that European Cup. Uh, City need to go far in Europe. Arsenal need to get this thing off the yeah, back. Yeah. And therefore, I think that there's a chance in the in, in the two the two domestic cups this season. They really will be the victims of those. Or that you know, I, I'm saying Liverpool are going to target 38. League games, the victims of all that will be the domestic cups, I think, and that's where I think Everton, Stoke, uh, Crystal Palace, these sides can steal a march, and if one of them says this is what we're going to do, and does it, and does it firmly from, from the early stages, then I think they've got a great chance of picking up either of them. Relegation? Um, Bournemouth, Villa, don't know about the other.
0: Bournemouth, Villa? Bournemouth, Bournemouth and
1: Villa, yeah. Right. Uh, I think Watford are going to have something about them, and I think there's, there's the really weird ownership stuff, and I also think that Norwich are, I've got all the momentum in the world, and they're also my surprise package. I think Norwich will finish top, if not top half, top 12.
2: Yeah, I agree. I think Norwich will be, I've marked them down as one of my surprise packages that we'll get to in a minute, but uh, I've got Leicester, I think Leicester a surefire to go down, having gone through about five managers by the end of the season, because Ranieri last two games. (laughs) Sunderland, similarly, Dick Advocat, you know, is... How old is he now? 80 or something? <laughs> I think he, he, he'll he be off early doors, so I think they're in trouble. It's about time he went down. He'd been there far too long living and above, and I think I, I think Watford will go simply because of the mismanagement at boardroom level. Uh, so you're
0: saying that Bournemouth
1: are going to survive?
2: I think Bournemouth is, I, I love Ed, Eddie Howe. He's never Tonian as well, by the way. I
1: think he's a really good manager. I just think they're going to play... I think it's going to be almost a bit like Blackpool. I think they're going to play yeah. tons of really good stuff, yeah, but I agree. basically just start running into behemoths.
2: You've Sylvan Distan at the back. Where can he go wrong?
1: Indeed. Uh, <laughs> mostly through turning ground. <laughs> <laughs> they never want to turn round. <laughs> um, on the uh,
0: issue of putting the ball in the back of net, who's going to be a Premier League top scorer? Aguero. I've gone Ben alright so you've both gone with uh, foreign lads so who's going to be your top English goalscorer uh,
1: probably Rooney uh, Rooney remains uh spectacularly underrated frankly uh, he's, he, this season he'll be, become Manchester United's highest ever goalscorer um, we've got to the point where you know everyone keeps asking where it's all gone wrong for Wayne when he's got all these medals uh, and he's <laughs> scored all these goals uh, I think I think, I think it wouldn't surprise me if Rooney banks 25 a lot of it's down to our 50 stays but but there's another point here which is that again United haven't bothered buying a centre forward yet I, uh, if... I,
2: I was going to say Harry Kane but that'll be the answer for the whole country because they fell in love with him, haven't he? And it's just... Mm. It's getting to Well, pathetic. Harry Kane does cook pathetic. quite a pathetic. way. Yeah, that's what I mean. I think he'll have second season syndrome, so I'll, have, I'll go for... Ricky Lambert. You go for... Ooh,
0: him. <laughs> cheeky. <laughs> cheeky, down at West Brom. Right, what well, yeah, we got is our surprise packages, boys? This can be, mean anything. We're
1: Not uh, Norwich uh, will be a surprise package I think as a side and then one player in particular I think who'll, who will do sort of who will come and, and have a, a more impressive season than people are expecting I think you're going to see a lot of good stuff from Oscar at Chelsea this season I think he's now into a second season under Mourinho I think oh sorry third season under Mourinho I think Hazard came good last year for them I think Oscar is going to come to terms with what Mourinho asks him to do but also begin to understand how else he can impress in that side and I think Oscar will have a really good year
2: Dave? Yeah I, I mentioned. Palace a bit earlier. I actually think Newcastle might actually have a season where it's not chaos because Steve McLaren's a bit of a board, isn't he? And they've signed a couple of strikers as well, which is predominantly what they need. So yeah. uh, I think Newcastle might be half decent, be top half maybe. Norwich that you think's a great shout. Also, player wise, bit left wing, a uh, bit, bit sort of left field. Paillet, who's the French midfielder signed for West Ham.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, yeah. Um, seen quite a bit of him at the World Cup as well. Uh, not to World Cup to World Cup warm-ups before. The World Cup in 14. <laughs> where was I'm I think Brazil 14. That was seeing a bit of him then as well. A uh, lot, a lot happened. To yeah, did yeah uh, yeah. I think he's going to be decent. Watch out for him.
0: Fair play. Nice one, boys. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for joining me. I know you're you're a busy man now Neil you? You're off. Uh, I'm sure I'm off to do something up.
1: else. But next week you'll have me for two hours. whether you, like good lad. Or
0: not. I like that mate Good work, Dave. You're going to stick around. Yeah, I'll be here, mate. Because yep. I've got something for you on Wayne Rooney and a lovely little interview that he gave <laughs> after the <laughs> testimonial <laughs> yesterday, which is I'll absolutely be crying fantastic. Again. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> uh, you listen to uh, City Talk. I'm and It's been an absolute pleasure. <laughs> Talk. City Talk 105.9. Uh, now, with Neil Atkinson, obviously leaving us for the last half hour of the show. Dead Down is still here from the Everton Blue Room. Uh, you're back on tomorrow, aren't you, as well? Yeah, six, 6 o'clock. o'clock yeah. 6 o'clock with the Blue Room, so make sure you're here for that. There'll be some optimists in the room <laughs> again <I> to <guarantee, laughs> you. Irritating optimists. <laughs> um, Earlier on, we outed Dave Sanderson as a Liverpool fan. Um, just um, a quick look at we've just been talking about our predictions for the season. Aye. Uh, Premier League winner. Premier League winner? Yeah. yeah. Chelsea. So you two are in agreement with that. all right then. Cup winners. Any type of cup? Uh Liverpool both Good. both of them. Really? FA Cup c- and League Cup. And right, by the way we're we're noting all this down and we'll come back at the end I of the was season. Say, <laughs> I hope these I going will be back. A, that these are going in an envelope. No, Brendan Rodgers envelope. That's <laughs> it. I will be back. Uh relegated. Oh, uh, Bournemouth, Newcastle, and Sunderland. Newcastle mm. chucked it right in there. Sunderland, you're in agreement. Um, I'm in agreement with you. I think with Leicester. I just think they're going to be uh turvy with the management. That's stuff a like good that. shout, actually. That's a good shout. Top scorer of the Premier League, Benteke. I get. It. Have you two just been just hang out with each other or something? Yeah. <laughs> Met up an hour before we come in. Then. Do you have a do you have a uh, an English top scorer as well? <sighs> um. Ooh. I don't know, uh, probably Rooney. Uh, Well, that's been said in here as well. And your surprise package for the season? I think Liverpool might surprise a few people. Do you? Yeah. I love that optimism. I just love it. Either like, way, you...
2: that means, by the way. Either way, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, we, the season hasn't started yet. My gentle spirit hasn't been crushed. <laughs> Beautiful. Hopes and dreams aren't in tatters on the floor yet. Super.
2: I like that, Dave. Thank
0: you very much, mate. Much appreciated. I'm going to go from a surprise package this season in a negative way, right? I'm going to go with Man City not finishing in the top four. Oh, yeah.
3: That,
2: do you know what? I don't think that's outside the realms of possibility. I really don't, because... I think they probably should have got rid of Pellegrini, the way they operate. Yeah, yeah. As a club, they sort of do that I just to, think he's tactically... Like, I don't yeah. think
0: he's tactically aware in the big, big matches. No. Mourinho's got his card. I think Wenger's got his card now. I just think they'll finish outside the top four.
2: Yeah, I think that's a show. He, he lost the score one game, didn't he, against Bayern Munich, Pellegrini. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's how hard the to touch he is with it. He's getting on a bit as well. <laughs> Listen, just before we move back in uh, to the realms of Everton...
0: Um, Got a little bit of fun for you now, right? Obviously, it was a Um, testimonial yesterday. Big dunk. Um, Wayne Rooney was there. I've no doubt uh, your face lit up when you saw him pull on the uh, Blue of Everton once again. With
2: with regrets, nostalgia, happiness. All of it
0: rolled into one. Let's be honest. It's going to happen again one day. I think it will happen again one day. I I I think it's undoubted that
2: it'll happen. Uh, I just don't. I don't think he'll be in any sort of shape <laughs> to have an impact. It'll be, I mean, we got Gascoigne when he was 45 or whatever. I think that'll happen with Rooney He'll come well. for a cameo. Just but he'll look more like cameo. Neil Ruddock than we <laughs> Rooney. Were you happy to see him back? Um, I, I had mixed emotions about it. Ultimately, in the end of it, looking back on it, bit of hindsight. Yeah, I was. I thought it was quite nice to see. Um, particularly when you seen them both embracing the some iconic yeah. photos that went on as well. Um there was a great shop pre match of Barclays shirt, Rooney's shirt, Ferguson's shirt and it was sort of epitomized Everton over the years, you know, yeah, what, yeah. what could have been, what might have been, what actually was. Yeah, yeah, do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Absolutely. So that, and what may be. So um yeah, it was it was it, it was something really interesting, quite surreal seeing him run on. But I, th- I on thought
0: the Everton's like... fans' reaction was very classy yesterday yeah. because they were, again, same as you. I thought, is there going to be a bit of It's a testimony. Yeah. It's for big dunk. Is it going to be booze? Is, was it going to be? And when he came on, I thought at least 80% of that, the crowd, give him yeah. a stand innovation, give him a round of applause as he came on.
2: I mean, if you put it in perspective, it's 11 years since he left. I mean, that's a lot of water under the bridge yet. Yeah, okay, you come with United, he kissed the badge. And, you know, that's unforgivable for many. Uh, but even for those who it was unforgivable before, I think that. They've sort of sat there quite solemn. If they didn't if they didn't cheer him, they certainly yeah. didn't boo him. And and I think that's testament to the, how how much of a legend he is as a footballer. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And, and a scouser as well, coming home to roost. I think that's sort of... You know, it's a nice touch. It's something nice to see.
0: Well, I'm going to be honest with you. Rooney's obviously a fantastic footballer. He may struggle <laughs> doing radio programmes, right? He may <laughs> struggle. Uh, the reason why I bring this up is because, obviously, Wayne spoke to the press after the game yesterday. Um... And as I've just done there, he, he chucked in a couple of, uh, let's just say, fillers into his, uh, into his conversations. Lots of erms, lots of ums, lots of ars. How many, in, a, in an interview which lasts two minutes, uh, do you think he managed to squeeze in? I'll say 35. 35 erms yeah. within uh, a two-minute interview. Yeah. Okay. Dev? 900. No, but listen, you you've been absolutely ridiculous. But go, you're going to go with 900? Uh, no, I'll go with 90. Right, okay. So we've got 90... 35, did you say yeah, there, that, Dave?
2: That's oh. far too low, isn't it? OK, well... So I'm taking one every... Listen, got,
0: listen, I've got my uh, special dinger out here, mate. Right? Oh, OK. Uh, so pay full attention...
2: you got one out, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> P Price does a start-up
0: <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. This is Wayne speaking at the end of uh, yesterday's testimonial. Just listen out for those, Erms. Yeah, obviously, enjoyed it. Um,
3: nice to come back here and um, the fans gave me a great reception, which obviously I was um, delighted with. And um, most importantly, it was a... Uh, Big day for Duncan and um, I know he really enjoyed the game and um, it was nice to see him back on the pitch again. He can still leap, can't he? Yeah, he can. It surprised me, really. Um, I said to him before the game, I said, it's the most nervous I've seen him. So, um, But no, he come on and um, done well and um, delighted that uh, he's, he's got this game and um, he fully deserves it. The dream would have been Big Fergie knock it down and Rooney knock it in? <laughs> yeah, it would have. Um, but no, obviously... Um, it was obviously nice to get some minute on the pitch and, um, alongside Duncan and um you know, I was delighted with that and um nearly got back in the game in the end. You went too far away yourself, that wasn't a bad effort, was it? Yeah, no, um I just seen a um, bit of space and thought that time me luck so um unfortunately I didn't go in but um as I say it was a great occasion and um I was delighted um, to get back out with Duncan again. It was funny seeing Duncan suffer pre-match nerves. A few nerves yourself, Wayne, coming back to Goodison. Yeah. yeah, of course. I think, um, obviously, a bit different today. Um, coming and, um, you know, going into the home dressing room again. <laughs> and um, It was a bit, a, bit, a bit weird at first, but no, it was, um, as I say, um didn't know what to expect with the reception but um it was a great reception and I really appreciate it. Once you started warming up and you started chanting your name it was effectively job done, wasn't it? Yeah, I think um no, I think um as I say, um I was delighted with the, the fans' reaction. Um was, you never know what, didn't know what to expect but um it was great and um it was great um, for me, my kids to come as well today and for them to see me wanting that I haven't shared. Just finally, nice to be sharing the dressing room with the likes of Ozzy and Hibbo, isn't it? Yeah, um long time, obviously a couple of times with Ozzy for England, but um, long time since obviously being there with Ozzy, Hibbo, Duncan, so um brought back some good old memories. Under no
0: circumstances that I
3: edit that. That is legit.
0: That is verbatim. Not abs- No no editing whatsoever. Bless him. He's not paid to talk on the
3: radio, though, is superb.
0: he? Superb. Absolutely superb. Um, 42. Well done, mate. Mm. Great effort with 35. 42 erms mm. in an interview of... of uh, Two minutes. Sensational. I,
2: I think a couple missed out. Yeah, I think well, you missed a few. <laughs> ones, uh, there's that many. Uh, oh, do you know what? It sounds so much worse as well because he's a scouser. A scouser saying, uh, it's, it's sort of like something thrown at us, isn't it? You two boys are lucky. <laughs> um, we're good. Well, I've just done it again there. There then, you go. The, the, the ding is going to be
0: out. Yeah. Again. <laughs> uh, it's just gone 20 to 7. We've got about 20 minutes left. Do stick around. Uh, myself and they're uh, Down and they're going to be discussing more stuff uh, regarding Everton and looking ahead uh, towards the blue room, which is Back on your radio from six o'clock tomorrow.
3: This is
0: City Talk 105.9 with Adam Cadrell. City Talk 105.9. Uh, got just under 15 minutes left uh, of the show uh, before we hand the realms over to others. Don't forget from 10 o'clock tonight, Pete Price will be back with the Pete Price Forum. Make sure you tune into that because obviously Pete's been on TV all day today. Have you spotted him on the telly? Just a bit, yeah. And he's every, been everywhere. every channel. He has been on every channel today, obviously speaking about his friend Cilla uh, Black and her passing over the weekend. Uh, so there'll be more on that from ten o'clock. And he was also on this show a little earlier on, uh, telling us that uh, he, he was speaking to Jeremy Corbyn a couple of weeks ago, the geezer that's going for uh, uh, the lead of the Labour Party. So that's all with Pete from ten o'clock tonight. Still with me in the studio, there, Downing from the Blue Room. And uh, tomorrow night you'll be able to catch uh, the full episode of the Blue Room from six o'clock, which is always a bonus.
2: What can we expect from the show tomorrow? What have we got lined up? Uh, well if you, you you're sort of my way of thinking a bit more of the misery that i've sort of inflicted on everyone for the past two hours <laughs> uh, there's me and there are some eternal optimists i'm pleased to say who who sort of keep me balanced and, and make me look at things a little bit more differently there's uh, we have dave bennett on uh who's, he's a local dj um and he's, he's been on the show for a a good few well a few years now when we first started and obviously uh ped who who Used to present for us as well. Um, he's on, and a uh, journal called Matt Jones as well. So it's a mixed bag of Evertonians, just, you know, fly on the wall type of scenario. And uh just getting involved and kicking off about all sorts, really.
0: I know that you are obviously a uh, self-proclaimed um, depressionist when it comes to
2: uh, <laughs> to Everton. Not by but, choice, no, no, I no. must add. Not by choice. But what
0: is the what is the relevant feel on the on on the Gladys Street at this moment in time regarding the manager, <laughs> the the things that are coming for the new season? I, I mean, are you a fair representation of
2: what the majority are saying,
0: or is it fifty-fifty?
2: Um. Well, I, I think that that. That in itself is an issue to gauge that is, is quite difficult. I mean, the, the sort of things that I on social media g- generally tend to be in agreement. I'm not just saying that because of what, you know, I'm actually saying it, but there's general, I think, upheaval at the moment in, in, in first of all, the way the clubs run. I don't think there's no denying that. Um, and obviously, the way that we finished last season, mm-hmm. it's the first time we finished in the bottom half in nine years. Um, so there's the sort of general sort of. Gripes about that, I'd say, but you you you've still got a, a large population of, of the fan base who are optimistic about things, which is which is great. I wish I could see that myself at the moment, but um, you know, the, everything of highlights of the last couple of hours is why I don't quite see it that way myself. <laughs> so, in order for you to become an optimist,
0: what type of things need to change first? Would you start at the uh, boardroom level, or would you would you start
2: elsewhere? The Everton boardroom is the most contentious issue that there, that that is, and it's a Repeated issue season on season. Um, you know, I, things I write, things I say, are um, I, I, based on what we've seen over the past few years. With the board, um, you know, there's there's generally no movement. There's the Premier Look, when we, we're not soft, we know the Premier League is a heavily invested entity. It's, especially
0: it's, this season and next. There's a lot of money exactly. coming. Exactly. <laughs> oh, oh,
2: every team's way. And to see Everton at the bottom of a spending table in the Premier League with clubs like Norwich coming up, and I understand they're promoted teams and they have to spend, but like I alluded to... It well, already. at this
0: moment in time, I think Everton are the, have spent the least in the whole Premier League. Is That's it about right. four and a half million quid Yeah, something? four and
2: a half million quid on on, on La Feu, uh Obviously, cleverly on a free. Um, But Lukaku... I mean, the, the optimists will point to Lukaku being bought for 28 million last summer. Uh, but you know that doesn't tell the full story. That's obviously an instalment. It's a 28 million pound deal. Not yeah. A 28 million pounds, you know, cash on the table. Uh, and and the uh, the general question most ask is where any sort of investment is either forthcoming or being sought after by those in charge of the club. Mm-hmm. I think that's the general discontent people have with how it's run. Um as a commercial entity as well, I think that there's severe issues um, in terms of sponsorship through the, the deal we have with our kit supplier. You know, it, it gets us three million pound a season straight on the table, regardless of how many sales there are. So, you know, you sort of mm. short sort yourself from that point of view, um, and 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 the marketing of, of players that we've had. I mean, you look at Tim Howard as much grief as I give him; he is a hero in America. Yeah, 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 for what he did at the World Cup. I don't think he go <laughs> dines for out on that game. Well, uh, you, you you've been to the uh, the continent recently yourself, haven't you? You spent a bit of time over there. You were saying, could you get an Everton top over there? No. Absolutely not. You can't get one at John Lennon Airport either. There's two stores where you can get them in Liverpool, Everton Tops, otherwise you have to buy them online. Um, which I think's a you know, it's an horrendous mistake. Yeah. Um you look at Tim kale you know, national hero in Australia. Yeah, absolutely. Same thing there, you couldn't go and buy uh, an Everton top in, in Australia. These are opportunities that can't be missed. I don't think because everybody, every other club in the Premier League's milking that cash cow. They're going to foreign markets. They're going to Asia. They're going to America. I mean, look, ev- most clubs, big clubs, now doing a, a, a tour of America or the Far East. You yeah, see Liverpool, United went to America. Chelsea go to America at the end of every season. they're on the start, there there are gaps to be exploited all over the place, and it just seems to me that that none of that looks forthcoming with with, with Everton Sports. So that that's that's the issue there, and I think that is where the the general discontent and um, upheaval is with Everton fans at the moment. And listen, I'd say I'd say it's a growing number as well. Listen, I'm from i from Blackburn, mate. I'm used to the Ven- <laughs> I'm used to the Venkies. <laughs> well, it's funny because the Eternal Optimists and, and the happy clappers at Goodison would say to you, that's what Everton could become. Yeah. And that's well, the alternative. Really? And, but they'll throw ports at you, they'll throw leads at you, all that sort of stuff. And I, I, I don't understand because they're throwing that as the most extreme of something different. Do you know what I mean? Whereas yeah all people like myself generally want to know is why isn't there no genuine efforts to move forward? Why isn't there, you know, that, they're, that, they're just common sense things that an everyday fan like me has just said to you. They they just seem like perfectly plausible ideas to me. Why aren't they being handed out by businessmen? <sighs> At least you're not getting chickens thrown on your pitch,
0: all right? <laughs> w- w- whilst this <laughs> game's going on. At least that, that's the next stage. When that starts to happen, that's when yeah. you should start to uh, uh, have a little bit of a word. So what are your realistic, then, thought processes for going in the season. I mean, we've already mentioned that you, you genuinely think that there's an opportunity in the Cups mm. for Everton to proceed there, whether it be FA Cup or League Cup. So therefore, hopefully, some silverware. League-wise, though, <coughs> how does that impact on the league?
2: Well, the one thing that that we haven't mentioned is there's no Europa League distraction for Everton this season, which is going to be a good thing league-wise. Um, and, I, and I think that will help, the fact that that isn't a distraction this season. I think... I, personally I think 8th to 10th is a realistic not aim because obviously you want to aim higher than that but that is where I see things where I see the club at the moment And so if I was to say to you now you finish 8th you win the FA Cup you take it would bite your hand off mate honestly I'm, I, slightly I said I'd said i marry you honestly <laughs> I would go and divorce your wife and we'll <laughs> into the sunset if that's going to happen I would
0: absolutely love that but then off the back of that mm-hmm. then what needs to happen the season after well see that, that that's there because we, the, we talked earlier on about setting that bar, yeah, didn't we?
2: But, but therein lies the problem, because there, there, there isn't that, and, and I, going back to the boardroom thing again, there isn't that forward planning, there isn't that plan in place, there isn't that, and I hate the word, I hate it, it's a newfound word in football project, I can't stand it. But it's what is needed is yeah, yeah. a project, a sort of a pathway, something to build on, a philosophy. Martinez, I do feel sorry for him because I do think he's trying to establish that. I just don't think he has the support and backing from those above him to sort of lay down initial ideas, think well yeah, we'll get a batch of youngsters in here, we'll blood them this season, here's where we're gonna be next season, we'll target this player, that player. There's never anything ever been like that in, in, in place at Everton, which is why Moyes did such a good job. All interesting, and I know that you're going to be picking up oh, this yeah, debate. It's, it's, uh, been, it's been far too deep for you, I think, for your first part. <laughs> 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 be through the trenches. No, mate, I've, t- I've totally enjoyed it, because obviously yeah, the, this is
0: a this is a massive city with two massive football clubs, and obviously we do cover Tramier as well, but in the Premier League we've got two huge football clubs with, with massive, massive history, and hopefully that history uh, can resemble in the future at some point. Mm. Um, fingers crossed you get um, better... Fingers crossed. Next time we speak, after the start of the season, you're buzzing, right? Yeah. Especially after the Watford game this weekend, when you thump them about five or six. All right, that's yeah. what we wanted. It. I
2: think that's what you call paper <laughs> over the cracks. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, make sure you're listening to the Blue Room uh, with Dave and the boys tomorrow uh, from six o'clock right here on City Talk. Make sure you tune into that. Thank you very much for uh, for joining me today. It's been an absolute pleasure uh, being with you for my first show. Uh, tomorrow I am back from three o'clock in the afternoon. There's plenty of things to be going through. Like I said, there, the Blue Room will be on from six o'clock, so make sure you come and join me for that. Thank you very much to earlier on uh, Pete Price, who joined me uh, to talk all things Cilla Black. Uh, He will be back from 10 o'clock tonight. Uh, He's on 10 till 2. If you want to contribute to his show, you know the telephone numbers. You know how to get in contact with him. Uh, You know that he's outspoken. Uh, Get yourself involved with his show uh, from 10 o'clock. It's been an absolute pleasure today. I will see you tomorrow uh, from three o'clock, whatever you decide to do tonight. Have a wonderful night.